0: Amen. Well, I'm glad to be here this morning, and I had a nice little sermon all prepared. Not that I'm not going to do it, but, uh, you know, the holidays are coming up, and I kept thinking, you know, the holidays, for the most part, when you're a kid, is awesome. You think about Thanksgiving and eating and presents and Christmas and all that stuff, and you're carefree. (laughs) These kids on the front row are carefree. You know, one of them says no. But if you think about it, but I guarantee you, you haven't been an adult very long to know that maybe, unless you're a young married adult, the holidays are a little bit stressful. Does anybody agree with me? They are stressful. The women, the stress is on the women. We got to have our house clean because we usually have company. Uh, and we have multiple companies. Or you can be... Like, all your brothers think that you have to take care of them and feed them and their families and come to the sister's house. Uh, You have to make sure the food's there, and then you just barely get done with that, and Christmas is right around the corner. And if you have any kids at all, you you should have already started shopping because they're going to count the gifts, and they're going to see, oh. Why did they get three and I only got two? I mean, that happens. <clears throat> so it's, st- it's stressful. It's stressful on the women. So we're stressed. The men are stressed because they're having to work extra hard. Or the women are work extra hard to make extra money to buy the gifts, right? Or the holidays are stressful because you maybe experience a holiday for the first time without a loved one. You may have lost one. So loneliness is rampant during the holidays because all of a sudden now it's so evident that they're not here. And so as I was preparing, I thought, okay, Lord, let's do that. Do you want to do that? You know, you know that's the way me and him talk. You know, do you want to do this? Does it sound great? Because you know what? The last thing I want to do is get up here and tell you something that I think because no one wants to hear from Kim. Promise you. I want to hear what the Lord has to say, because he has a word for you to help you. And so I did have things on my heart about, you know, the cares and anxieties that we have and the stress that we have going into the holidays. So the title of the sermon was going to be Dressed for the Holidays. So I have that all prepared. I gave the tech team Dressed for the Holidays. And then we came in for prayer this morning you guys aren't here for prayer we do have prayer at 10 till 10 on sunday mornings and terry was in here and he shared um he shared about a jewish tradition that if you're in a jewish house and terry you can correct me if i'm wrong but you're in a jewish house when you eat dinner and you love the dinner they they very nicely fold the napkin and leave it for you to let You know that they loved it, and they're going to be back. And so that was the Jewish tradition. But when Jesus was raised from the dead, you had all of his burial garments, but the napkin that was over his face was nice and folded because he says, I'm coming back. Amen? Amen? And just immediately I thought, he's coming back. We need to be dressed not for the holidays. We need to be dressed for the king. So we need to be dressed for the king. Yes, it's going to help you in the holidays. But I want to tell you how to be dressed for the king today. Because if you really were dressed, you're going to meet the king, and in this case, the king of kings and the lord of lords, the creator of all. You're going to be in his presence. What would you wear? I am not a fashionista. I have people in my life for that. <laughs> Thank you for those people. You'll, if you ask me if there's an event coming up, what, you know, most of the time people say, well, what are you going to wear to that? Well, I don't know. I don't know. My, my MO is I get up that morning and I open my closet and I see what's there. But there's some people that say, what are you going to wear? Well, that's a month away. I'm not thinking about that. And so I have to have help, usually. I go to Angel's room and say, does this look okay? And she goes, no. And I go, okay. And so she helps me. Amanda helps me. I have people in my life that help me. So what would you wear for the king? So go ahead and pull up Colossians in... We're going to read it from two. We're going to read it from the TPT and the message. But I want to read the last part first, Jeannie, the one, uh, the 12 and 14. Let's read it out. Let's read it 12 and Colossians 3, 12 and 14 from the TPT first, and then we'll do the message, okay? We'll just go through it quick. It says, you are always and dearly loved by God, so robe yourself. That means you, this is what you're going to wear. Robe yourself with virtues of God, since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others, and be compassionate, showing kindness towards all. Be gentle, humble, unoffendable in your patience with others, and tolerate the... Oh. Did they really say that? Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, (sighs) release this same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. And now I want to read it in the message because I don't know about you, but I, like, I don't like beating around the bush. I like it. It's told me in a way that there's no misunderstanding, and so I love the message. It says, so, chosen by God for this new life of love. This, we're chosen by God for this new life. This is what we're gonna wear. Dress in this wardrobe. He doesn't even have, we don't even have to guess what to wear. This is what we're supposed to wear. Dress in this wardrobe. God picked out for you This is what you're wearing. Compassion. Kindness. Humility. Quiet strength. Discipline. Be even-tempered. That name no flying off the handle. Content with second place. Oh, my goodness. No, me first. Me first, me first, me first mentality. Content with second place. Quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic, all-purpose garment. Never be without it. So, there you go. If we're going to meet the king, Our everyday all-purpose garment. That means if it's all-purpose, kind of like black on black, you know, it's all-purpose. You can wear it nice. You can wear it. Love is all-purpose. You're going to wear it no matter what you're doing. So if you're going to wear it to meet the king, you're going to put on love. Okay, so that's what our wardrobe is, and that's so easy to say, okay, put on love, and I can walk off the stage, and we'd be done. But the problem is... When you put on something in the morning, you get dressed, you usually have to take off something first, like you have to take off your jammies or whatever. You have to take off something to be able to put it on. So, now here's the hard part. Here's what we're having to take off. So, let's go ahead, go to Colossians 3, verses 7 and 8, um, it's just—it's good. I'll just tell you—it's good in the TPT, the passion. But let's read it out of the message. Um, let's see, Colossians three five through eleven. Actually, yes, that's what we want in the message. There we go. Don't lie to one another. You're done with that old life. And that's what we've been talking about. You're in a new life, a new way of living. The old you is gone. This is the new life that God's called us to. So don't lie to one another. You're done with that old life. That old life that you've been used to, it's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes. It's old and stinky. It's old and stinky. You know, I had a... One of my sons was so sweet and he uh, would wear his nice clothes on Sunday and then he would go and hang that shirt back up because he didn't want to make me iron it if he could wear it again. And, you know, so he would put that shirt up. And I finally told him, Zach, sorry, Zach. Zach, you cannot do that. Because it stinks. You smell the underarms. That was my job as a mom. Let me smell. No, you can't wear that. It's stinky. It's ill-fitting. You've got to wash it. You cannot wear that. Or if someone comes up and says, I will have to say, that doesn't fit you. You can't wear that. It's too long, it's too baggy, it's too tight, whatever. It's ill-fitting. This is what the Lord's telling us. You're done with this old life. Get rid of this old clothes and put on the new. So it's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes. You've stripped it off and put it in the fire. Don't dig it back out. Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. Every item of the new way of life is custom-made by the Creator with his label on it. How many of you guys like designer clothes? We have some designer clothes with his label on it. The creator of the universe. All the old fashions are now obsolete. I'll go ahead. He's just talking about customs. Go ahead and go to the next one. Um, and the next one. So, chosen... Well, where's that one? Let me... Verse 5, verse 5, did we miss it? Verse 5, I can find it in the, there we go. Okay, here we go. And that means killing off. This is the old ill-fitting clothes that we want to get off. Killing everything connected with that way of death. Okay, sexual promiscuity. Do I need to explain that? Uh, impurity, lust. Here we go. If you weren't taught as a kid, it doesn't go away. Doing whatever you feel like doing whenever you feel like it. That's what a lot of kids do today. Well, if they don't want to do it, they don't do it. Guess what? Those kids grow up to be adults that if they don't want to do it, they don't do it. So do it. But that's the old way of life, doing whatever you feel like doing when you feel like doing it. Grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That means surfing the internet, boom, oh, bye, Mm, boom, bye. I mean, whatever, you want it. You're just gonna not, because we're in a society now that if you want it, it's okay, have it, good. You only live once. What is that, Y-O-L? YOLO, thank you. (laughs) YOLO, you only live once. Well, that's not true. You're going to live twice, and the second one's where you want to, the first one gets to determine where the second one lives. Um, That is a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. Okay? So those are the things we're going to throw off. And the TPT talks about anger, rage, hatred. I like the TBT because if you're studying it, they have these little um, words, bubbles that you can click on and it tells you like what it really means in the Greek and Hebrew. But it says, uh, so in the TPT Colossians 3, 7 and 8 says, put off anger, rage, hatred. And when it says hatred, it says, this includes self-hatred. Did you know that's not of God? Self-hatred's not of God. Slander, dirty language, living a lie. Lay aside and take off that old life. So before you're going to put on that basic wardrobe of love, guess what you have to take off? You have to take off this old life. You have to take it off. So... How are we gonna do that? That's the hard part. Well, we're gonna look at 1 Peter 5, 7 in the Amplified. This is part of it, to take off those old things. Sometimes you may need deliverance. Sometimes you may need help. I don't know how many of you every now and then need help getting undressed like a zipper or something, or you put on something that didn't fit and you're like, I'm stuck. Am I the only one that does that? So t- sometimes you need help getting that old stuff off. And right now, today, is part of that process, saying, hey, how am I going to do this? i got to get rid of it. No, we've got to be dressed for the king. He's coming. It's a little bit more urgent than it was last week. It's urgent. We can't be saying, oh, well, yeah, I'll deal with that in a little while. Oh, yeah, I'm going to deal with that. I know that I have a problem there, but I'm just gonna keep it for just a little bit longer. There's no more of that. You've gotta get rid of it, throw it off. So in 1 Peter 5, 7, in the Amplified, I like the way it says here because he talks about casting your care, casting the whole of your care. Let's see if we can get, it says, therefore humble, demote, lower yourselves in your own estimation under, under the mighty hand of God that in due time he may exalt you. Number seven, casting the whole of your care. That means all of it, not just a little bit, the whole of your care, all your anxieties. Did you know anxieties means pulled in all different directions all the time. I used to have five little kids and I would get so uh, uptight when I was trying to school them, and this one said mama, and this would say mama, and this would say mama, and this one says mama, and this one cries. I mean, it was just like, oh, ah, uh, math, English, diaper, food, ah, and you feel like you're just running around all the time. So anxieties pulled in all different directions. Well, guess what now as you're older, there's all these things, there's work, there's school, there's kids, there's husbands, there's church. I mean, all these things are pulling at you. There's family, there's all these things that are pulling at you. So cast your anxieties, all of them, all your worries, all your concerns once and for all on him for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Well, I don't know about you, but you especially if you've grown up knowing these things and let's say you're having problems at home with cares and anxieties and worries and then you have a husband that says, "Oh, you just need to cast your care over on the Lord." And you're like, "Yeah, I know, but I can't do that. I don't know how." You know, I'm trying. Usually is my answer. I'm trying. I'm trying. So, I want to show you this morning how to do that. Because, especially if you have a tendency to worry, you know, sometimes worrying feels like it's problem solving. But worrying is worrying, period. And Eugene used to say this a long time ago. He said, if you did today what God tells you today, and did tomorrow what he told you to do tomorrow, And then the next day, you do that day what God tells you to do. And the next day, what God tells you to do. When this day comes, you'll be in the right position. But if you're over here going, how am I supposed to get over there? How am I supposed to get over there? I don't know how to get over there. He's saying, today, do today what I tell you to do today. And then you get up the next day. Do today what I tell you to do today. Now, here's a super-duper practical way. Do today. Today, I want you to clean the basement. Boom. Wake up the next day. Today, I want you to make your grocery list. Boom. Today, make the sweet potatoes. Today, do the cranberry salad. Today, do the turkey. Boom. Wow. Wow. What a stress-free Thanksgiving. All of it's already made. All because, did you know that God cares about those everyday things in your life? And that you may say, I'm not that organized. You know what? I'm not that either. I'm actually not organized enough that I say, Lord, I need your help. In just this practical area, how am I supposed to do this? Pray and ask God, Lord, how am I supposed to get ready for Christmas? Who, how, what am I supposed to buy this person? What am I... And he will lead you every day what to do, every single day. He says in the Gospels that tomorrow has cares of its own. Today is what you need to concentrate. Keep your eyes on me. Focus. Keep your eyes on me. So... um. You know, I used to hear, I, I am one to, um, when I'm put in charge of something and I have lots of things, let's say Women of Victory, do you know when we do Women of Victory, I never worry about the food, ever. You know why? Because I put Tony in charge of it, Debbie in charge of it, and they take care of it. So as long as I, I'm the type of person, as long as I know some, that's the person I put in charge, is actually gonna do what I ask him to do, then I don't ever worry about it. But the problem comes when <laughs> you put someone in charge of something that you're not quite sure that they're gonna do it. Let's say you're gonna to leave town and you tell one of your kids, hey, um, the dogs are gonna die if you don't give them water. <laughs> uh, and so the next day you're texting, did you give the dogs water? And the next day you're texting, did you give the dogs water? Did you feed them? And you do that every day. is because you're just quite not concerned. So let, let me just put you at ease. If you feel like you really need to worry about something. Because it says to cast them over on the Lord. And he's going to care for you. I put, when I was young, I heard someone say, cast that worry over on the Lord. Because he's going to worry for you. Now that's not really true. Because he's not going to worry. But. It's like, okay, he's going to do it. If I have concerns, I mean, I have concerns about different things in my life. What am I supposed to do? Lord, I have concerns. Are you paying attention? Because I have concerns. But the thing about it is, in that scripture, if I give those concerns to him, he's heard me. I know that he's going to take care of it. He's going to take care of it. I'm going to cast it. I'm going to throw it out on him. And I'm not going to take it back in Jesus' name. I'm not going to take it back. Leave it. Take it there. Um, so in that scripture, I want to read it in the NLT. And I do want to start with verse, the one that says, humble yourself. Five, is it five or six in the NLT? Yeah. Okay, so this is something else. We're going to dress in love, but we're going to dress in humility. So, the verse right before that it tells us to cast our cares over in the Lord, I heard John Bevere talk about this this last week, and I thought, oh, that is good. That is good stuff right there. It says, In the same way, you who are younger must accept authority of the elders, and all of you must dress yourselves in humility. Okay, there's that, there's something else that we need to dress ourselves with. Dress ourselves in humility as you relate to one another, for God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So that's right before the verse that tells us to cast our cares. So when you humble yourself, you're basically saying, I'm not God. Because when you take on those worries and you take on those cares and you keep them and you say, no, I have to take care of them, you're basically saying, I'm in control and I'm God in this area, whether you think you are or not. When you keep control and you say, no, I have to worry about this, I have to keep these concerns. I have to keep these anxieties. You're basically saying, God, I know you're God over there on Sunday mornings at church, but I have to take care of this because I know how to take care of it. Okay, do you see how foolish that sounds? But humility says, I don't know what to do. I can't control it and if i can't control it that's my cue to let it go because if i can control it like today do this and today do that as long as i keep my eyes on him he's going to tell me to do today what i'm supposed to do today that's under my control but this over here is not in my control and guess what people are not in your control so if you have anxiety about a family member, or what if, what if, what if, what if, what if they do that, what if they do that? That's the enemy putting a burden on you that the Lord says to let go, amen? Um, let's see here. So I know that that's all still well and good. But now you know. Now I'm going to show you some practical things. Because the Bible says to put on love, right? We're supposed to put on love. We're supposed to put on humility. Um, Let's go ahead and turn to... Oh, uh, kindness, kindness, put on kindness. I already read that. already read Colossians. OK, Romans. Let's go to Romans 15, three through, 3 through 5. And I think that's in the NLT, whatever it is that I told you. Romans 5. Actually, it should be Romans 5, 5. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm keeping the tech people on. Um yeah, this is it. This has been this has been my scripture for about 2 months. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So, God tells us that he's got a wardrobe made for us, and it's love. Well, that would be great i would love to put on love but it's easier said than done galatians 5 22 and 23 talks about the fruit of the spirit and i've said this before god never meant for us to walk this life without the power of his holy spirit dwelling within us it is a supernatural presence that empowers us to walk this Christian life. You know what grace is? Grace isn't, oh, I forgive you because you messed up. Grace is the power of the Holy Spirit that goes from your ability to God's ability. It's this part in between that says, I'm giving you the grace to go ahead and reach that standard. It's His grace through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't, and I, I, When I teach on kids, I tell the parents all the time, you cannot make your kid be patient. You cannot make your kid be kind. But you know what you can do? You can point them to the one who gives them the power to be patient and the power to be kind and the eyes to see people the way he sees them. And I love Romans 5.5 because it tells you that his love, he'll put it in our hearts. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that means when you don't feel like it, that means you may be walking around and you've got to care. And then this is how the enemy works. He starts speaking in your ear and telling you all the bad that's going to happen. What if, what if, what if? Well, you know what? The Bible also says that he's going to give you a spirit of praise. You put it on, a garment of praise, another garment you got to put on in your wardrobe. You got Praise, humility, love. There you go. There's three all purpose ones. You're going to put that garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. How many of you love to walk around all depressed and sad? I've been there and I hate it. And there's nothing you can do about it in the natural. But then you go, okay, the Bible says. He's going to give me a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So this is how it works. You walk and you say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing in my life. Thank you, Lord. Fill me with your spirit You said in your word that you would shed, you would pour your love in my heart. I choose love, I choose love, Lord. I choose love, I choose to see people the way you see them. I thank you, Lord. And as that comes, and that spirit of praise comes up, and you're thanking him for all the stuff he's done for you, and then guess what? All of a sudden you start thinking about, what if, oh no, they're going to be, and the concerns, okay, Lord, I give you that concern, and you know what? I speak them out. I told you that this is what I'm concerned about, but I thank you, Lord, that you love that person even more than I love them. I thank you that you're bringing my kids into alignment with your word, if it's your family members, if you're your kids, whatever family situation you're talking about, you just say, Lord, I think you love them even more than I love them. I put them in your hands. I refuse to worry about them. I thank you, Father God, that you've got them in your hands and that you will not, your word will not return void. And you just start praising the Lord and then the little enemy comes and you just say no, like a little two-year-old child You take authority over your thoughts and say no. How many times have I laid in bed and I said no, I will not have conversations in my head. Do you guys do that? I do that all the time. I lay in bed and I'm like, you're thinking, "I'm I'm gonna say this. And then I go no, I'm not having conversations in my head. I'm not having conversations in my head. And then I start praising the Lord or I put on a podcast or something. I do something to get my mind said no, your mind is like a little two-year-old child that the Bible says you gotta take captives those thoughts and not just take captives like take captives and say no, you're not gonna do this. I'm an authority over you. God gave me an authority over my thoughts. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not going to go there in my mind. I'm not going to have these conversations. And every time, no, I'm not going to have conversations in my head. You know what? You may have to do that a hundred times. But every time it gets easier and you just start praising the Lord, thank you. If it's your finances, you say no, Lord, I thank you, you said in your word that you would meet all my needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. I thank you, you said in your word that I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. Father, I thank you that no matter what is going on around me, I'm right here with you and you're taking care of me just like the birds of the air. And you just start thanking him and praising him. and There it goes, right there, it's casting off. It's gone, no longer. You say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you delivered me from the pit. I thank you that you delivered me from the pit of depression. I thank you that my joy and my peace come from you and not from a person. I thank you that my joy and my peace, I look to you, Lord, help me to look to you. Give me your heart, give me your eyes. Thank you that my circumstances do not tell me when I get to be joyful. But you, my joy is in you. My peace is in you. And you know what? When your peace is in him, it makes no difference what's going on around you. Because you walk in that kingdom that mom's been talking about. Everywhere I walk, I'm walking in the kingdom of heaven. And everywhere I go, I'm spreading it around. I'm a hope dealer. Like Pastor Charlie used to say, I want to be a hope dealer. But you can't be that when you're so burdened down with cares and worries and anxieties. And yes, you can be free from anxiety, but it takes work on your part. Not work as in legalist work, legalism work, but it takes persistence, it takes a mindset that says, I'm done. I'm done living like this, I can't live like this. Not only can you not live like this, but you cannot live like this. There is a physical thing that comes into you and takes place when you take on those cares and anxieties that quite honestly, in the very physical realm, releases toxins into your body. It has been scientifically proven that those cares, I mean the doctors will say stress, stress is killing you. Absolutely, it, that is from the devil. If it's, if it's meant to steal, kill, and destroy, who's it from? The devil, the enemy. He wants you dead. He doesn't want you to be a hope dealer. He doesn't want you to be walking around little kingdoms of, of Jesus walking around spreading. He doesn't want you. He wants you dead. He wants to give your focus. Boom. All I can see is my problems and my anxieties and nothing. So that's how you, you praise. But also you keep your eyes on what the Lord says. Humility says, I do not care what anybody thinks about me. I only care what the Lord says about me. And he Loves me as his own. And so it, I don't care if Amanda doesn't like my shoes or if Eugene says my sh- jeans are too short. I don't care that someone says I have too much weight on or I'm too short or my hair's too gray or anything because you know what? It just really doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because the one I'm concerned with, when I truly, truly put on humility and humble myself and I look to the Lord and keep my eyes and my focus on him, you know what he's saying? I love you. I made you. Come put this clothes on, I made you. It's full of love. And when you walk in love, you see people differently. So my prayer, Lately, every morning, this should be, could be your prayer too. Lord, fill me with your spirit today. Help me see people the way you see them. Give me a heart full of your love. And then most of the time I tag on and keep a watch over my mouth and a guard over my lips that I would only speak words of truth. Amen. So let's, that's what we want to do. We want to dress for the king. But to dress for the king, you got to get rid of this other stuff. And I've showed you how to do it. Get rid of it. You don't want it anymore. Because the king is coming. The king is coming. It's time to get dressed. And truly walk in that love. And every time that concern comes, say, nope. Thank you, Lord. I'm not doing it. So... This morning, you know, I'm preaching, so that means it's going to be quick. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to invite you this morning to say, you know what? I'm done. And if you want to be done with your cares and anxieties, go ahead, and Thank you, Nate. Um, you know, I just, I just want you to stand up. I just want you to stand up and say, okay, I'm done. I don't want these cares anymore. Lord, I don't want to live like this anymore. All these cares, anxieties, you know what, those anxieties, and I speak to those right now in the name of Jesus, that have been there, that were placed there by the enemy when you were a little girl or a little boy. Those cares, those anxieties that were placed there in your life I speak to those in the name of Jesus today, this morning. And the master surgeon is here. He can come and do surgery on that and get it out. But the only way he can do that is if you let it go. So while you're there at your chair, I just want you to mouth, Lord, I let it go. Lord, I let it go. I don't care if anyone around me hears me, I let it go. Take it from me, heal my heart. Father, I pray over these people. I thank you that the anointing of the Messiah is here to set these people free from the bondage that they've had all their life. Father, pray, sweep over this place. And I release the anointing, Father, to go into their hearts and their minds and those anxieties that they've kept all their life. I release them in Jesus' name and I command you to go. I command you to go. Let them go in Jesus' name when you walk out of this place you will be a different person because there will be a skip in your step because you will feel lighter in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus free generational curses if you have a generational curse on your life that is worry. And anxiety, you don't have to keep it. It can stop right now. So if that's you, I want you to say, No more. Lord, it stops with me because I'm humbling myself and no longer God of my own life. You are Lord of every single area of my life. And I declare it right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for deliverance. That demon of anxiety, you are out in Jesus' name. I cast you out of this place and these people's lives that you will no longer dog them in Jesus' name. Father, fill them with your spirit. Fill them with your spirit of love replace them with your peace and your love. Help them put on that garment that they've so longed to wear. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know what? God loves you. He wants you free from anything that is keeping you from victory. He wants you free. The enemy is wants you bound, because he doesn't want you to walk victorious. So lay it down. Lay it down. Amen. It has been our honor to offer this message today. If you would like to partner with us as we continue to bring the Word of God, we would ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Victory Center with a financial donation. You may do so today via the online giving portal at victorycenter.org. Thank you.